glory, 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 hallelujah. I give all the praise. Now let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I give you all the praise because of the power of your name. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you because of the revelation that comes by it. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we receive insight, receive revelation, receive accuracy. As we go into your world, we speak to us that which we edify us and that which will cause us to be more audacious in our conviction of you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Son of the Most High. As you to what you are doing here now, we are here to fight in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, you know, for sometimes now I have told you that we want to look at Jesus as we have never seen him before. Many people sing about Jesus, talk about Jesus, admire him, but they do not know him. And as a matter of fact, God is not raising fans for Jesus, it's raising believers. Let me start from John chapter 20. And I want to read that scripture to show you that you are not looking for a fans. You are not looking for admirer. There is no Chelsea playing. It's no Madrid. Neither is he, what's it called? Lose your clubs? No, he's not. He's not. No. And you know, I don't think this idea of salvation should be something even difficult. You've seen people go and see a match and they personify the team or the, is it the team now? Yes, the team. As though they are the one playing. You hear them say something like, ah, I'm a no man you. I'm a no man you. I'm a no Ilano. And they are not the ones that even play the, the football. They are just spectators. But they are fans of that club and you know, they personally uh, personify that club. Whatever is happening to that club, they believe that is happening to them. It's so serious with some people that if a particular club loses and they are fans of that club, they will not eat. And these are the modern day Christ, the modern day Savior. Things that have shifted the emphasis of people away from the main thing to other things. So some people's faith are in club or in sport or in one game or the other. But the essence of the scripture is that we should come to know our Father. I just want to do something very simple. Maybe do a synopsis of what we are going to be looking at then, you know. We begin to trust God in the days to come to actually forge further. Hallelujah. Okay, John chapter 20. Glory be to God. Okay, let me start from verse 20. From, from 24, then I will read to 30. But actually, my emphasis was on 30. But I want to read from 24 because I want to pick Thomas and I want to project Thomas as one of those guys who find it very difficult to believe the supernatural. Like I was teaching yesterday, I said, look, faith is the supernatural life. Nothing else. It's about the nature of the Father as we have received in Christ. All right, John chapter 20, from verse 24 to 30. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. 
or said unto them, I said, I shall see in his hands the prints of the nails, and put my finger into the prints of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe. You know, years ago when I was teaching along this line, I mentioned the Father, well, although Jesus Christ told us that this is unbelief, it's not good that you, you are told something and then you, you disbelieve it. Yet in that teaching, I was laying emphasis that God will all know what we desire to have. Thomas said, look, I'm not satisfied with the version you have given to me. I must have a first-hand experience. A first-hand experience. I must be a witness of this. So he said, except you told me, I won't believe. Then I begin to press upon you that look, don't be satisfied with the versions of Christ that you've been given. You have got to press for the revelation of Jesus. I mean, that's one of the things I want to do. But I don't just want to read it that way. I want to see that there are certain people, their unbelief is contagious. If you stay around them, they will spoil your belief system, they will spoil your confession. And before you know it, they will inject you with a poisonous liquor of complacency such that your, your, your zeal, your energy, motivations with that as a result of associating with them. This is an obstinate disciple. Say, guy, do not just lie to me, except I see this man myself. I won't believe. And you see, one of the things the Lord had me share with you those days is that, look, the scriptures was written so that you will not necessarily demand that there is another Jesus' death on the cross before you believe. Okay, if Jesus is the Savior, let him come again and die for me. No, it was written so that you, you would see for yourself that these things are true and you believe it and in believing it you will be saved. That's the point I want to make. You know, in Romans chapter 10 when Apostle Paul was writing, he spoke about the fact that uh, actually he was doing a, a discrepancy between uh, righteousness in the law and righteousness in the gospel. Righteousness in the death of Christ. Then he said the righteousness that Moses presented the people. Now the word righteousness is the Greek word D-K-U-C-N-A. A condition in the state it should be. A man in the state it should be. That is the perfect nature of man before the fall. Okay, the template man was meant to run. That is a condition where there is no sin, there is no sickness, there is no pain, there is no evil in the world. Okay? A condition of perfect harmony. Where there is no calamity, there is no chaos, there is no difficulty, there is no challenge, there is no tears, there is no hunger, there is no war. No, there is no... Um, tyrannism, um, there is no, um, um, you know, evil. I think that captures it all. He says, the righteousness, the way God wants to make them righteous is to give Moses the law and Moses was to teach the people the law. That is, he had to show them the way they ought to live. So it is knowing how you ought to live that you coordinate yourself in the order of what has been shown to you. That's righteousness. Uh, you know, it's just like saying uh, when you are growing up that some things you did wrongly. For instance, you pulled in your, in your diaper. You pulled and we on the bed. Okay? And you do some silly things. Maybe from the 1 to 12 months, that is one year, your parents can still be patching up with pampas and still be calling you baby. But as soon as you move from that stage, you begin to move to, to 2 years or 3 years. There are some things they flogged you for. 
would you pull in your pamper without asking that you want to go to the toilet? In other words, they begin to teach you what ought to be. Before you grew up to the point you know what ought to be, you were living in what was not and you, it was passing you. So before salvation, we are just like that baby who pulled on his body, who cried whenever, who disturbs everybody, and mother has to pamper because pamper because she is or he is a baby. Then after you have grown a while, it begins to show you what is right. So when the Lord brought the Israelites out of Egypt, he gave Moses the law. And that took Moses 80 years. The first 40 years, Moses broke the tablet and he had to stay for another 40 years. And after which he gave him the law. And the law are the judgments, the decrees of God. And in that decree, we have contained in them how you ought to live. And it's one of the gifts you got in Christ. So Moses said, I mean, Paul the Apostle said, look, in the law of Moses, or in the dispensation during the wilderness and the in the in the time of the judges people are made right with god by their complacency to what moses had written in the law so a man who does what is written leaves now this means that you will have life you will have abundance you will have peace of mind god will be pleased with you god can bless you that's what it means leave by then that is his placement in the society and his well-being is determined not by the rituals but by his complacency and I, mean, I don't mean complacency I mean his adherence and compliance actually I want to say compliance not complacency and his compliance to the love of God then Apostle Paul begins to tell us that things have changed the table have turned for us now because of the works of Christ and the price he paid for us we don't need to do before we are pleased before god is pleasing with us or before we are accepted or before we do what is right say now all we need to do is to have faith so what connects me into the family of god and connects me into the blessings that christ had brought by his death and resurrection ascension and his seat in heaven is that i believe that what he did he did for me and like i've been teaching you in the series on on authority you do not just believe that what he did he did for you you believe that what he did he did for you so that you can do what he intends to do now that is in heaven and i said this way i said jesus christ took your place so that you can take his place that's, that's amazing jesus christ saved you just as you are that's grace but not to be like you are because in the grace of god there is another aspect of it we call empowerment the grace is receiving what you don't have merit for what you cannot even merit okay what you cannot be shortlisted for because you don't have the qualifications you don't have the competency you don't have the experience you don't have the energy humanly speaking to grasp what's on the hand of god somebody did it for you and handed it over to you then after handing it over to you now ask you to live according to the content of what has been given to you that's grace what am i saying is i want to show you who jesus is but i want to show you that a beautiful our how blessed these things may be, you can't connect with it except once in a while. Except if it is. So here is too much. He said, I will not believe except I've seen him. I mean, I press upon your heart that when you not be satisfied with what people have told you about Jesus. In Matthew chapter 16, there was a conversation. Jesus Christ asked his disciples, he said, What do you men say that I am? And it was not that only place he asked about who, uh, what people think of him. What's the opinions of people about him? 
They also asked another person, what thinking of Christ actually was not asking the disciples this man, it was asking the Pharisees. So what you know of the Son of God actually matters. Of course, the scripture told us why it matters. Grace and truth can only be multiplied in your knowledge. That is, in the amounts of exposure you've got in the Jesus that's it. How confident you are in the face of a gun. How confident you are in the day the devil comes roaring at you as though he wants to tear you apart. He's going to be on the, on the level of your conviction of who he is. I never you forget Ephesians chapter 4. He gave some apostles, he gave some evangelists, he gave some prophets, he gave some teachers, he gave some pastors for the works of the ministry so that we can serve. For the defining of the body of Christ so that we can serve the body of Christ. So we all come to the knowledge of the Son of God. That simply means that we may come to know Jesus. It's good to serve God. It's good to work in the usher, the usher department. It's good to work in the audiovisual unit. It's good, it's good to work for God. Uh, whatever you can describe to be the work of God. But that's not my own definition of God's work. God's work is seeking the kingdom and bringing people in the kingdom. So if I want to summarize it, it's just doing missions, doing evangelism. Okay? Bringing people to the Father. That's God's work. And then doing good works. And good works, you're not even well. We can use good works sometimes to win the heart of the people to God, then after which we minister to them. But if you do good works and you didn't minister to them, you just wasted your effort. But the, 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 the truth of the matter is that God is more consigned. And let me say this way also it is more important for you that you know what God is doing. And you join him in doing it. I want you to listen to the series I did, maybe six series, about seven hours to know it has. On what it means to serve the Lord. That you come to know the Son of God. Look at this scripture. Forgive me, I can't. I know it's in the book of Luke. You know, I like the book of Luke. His accuracy, his sensitivity, and you know, his carefulness in diction is really. I know, it's, 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 it's an addition to your knowledge of the scriptures. He was the one who told us that Jesus Christ chose 12 that they may be with him. And I may send them forth. Two things. Not that he may send them to preach first. That they will be with him. Look at what he said in Matthew chapter 11. Come unto me all you that labors and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. The next statement, very key. You have got to pay attention. He said, come and learn of me. Not just learn from me. He said, come and learn about my nature. Learn who I am. That's what we call the knowledge of the Son of God. Learning who Christ is and knowing what he had done for you in particular. Maybe if then we permit me, I will show you Ephesians chapter 2. One of the greatest and most powerful scriptures. Just as uh, Ephesians chapter 3, in fact, the whole of Ephesians, showing us who Jesus is so that we can relate better with him. So don't be satisfied with what people have, done, have spoken about Jesus. And that was what Christ was speaking about in Matthew chapter 16. He said, what do, what do, do the men say that I am? No, Jesus Christ was not seeking the opinions of men in order to, you know, to gain self-worth. Or in order to see how people rate him. No, he does not need the opinion of men. In fact, in, in, in John chapter 5, in John chapter 8, he became an argument. He said, you seek honor from me, but I don't seek honor from him. He said, I seek honor only from God. And the honor that comes from God is true. He said, John actually bear witness of me. And that is true. But he said, the honor that I really bank on is the one that comes from God. So, he was not just seeking opinion in order to get to gain self-worth. Or to see the number of fans he had got, or to, to actually check whether people know know, know his worth his net his net worth. That was not what he was doing. He was checking whether people have been able to peep into eternal life and see the rate of him and see that actually he is God in the man flesh. That was what he was asking. 
and opinions went endless. This one said he's a prophet. This one says he was Elijah. You know, they begin to describe him by the traits of the prophet they have known or all they have admired. You know, sometimes when we speak, we bring a Bible character. You are such a person, you want to be that person. And you know, sometimes you are so much in love with that person, you are praying that God make me Elijah, make me Elijah, live there, I can say fire, make me Moses, make Moses, I can party, you know, all of that. So people begin to take opinions. Then Christ said, Look, is enough. Now you are the twelve, you, you are going to take over from me. Have you caught this vision? Who do you say that I am? And Peter broke the alabaster again. He said, You are Christos. Now mark the word Christos. Christos is Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. The one that is made with the anointing. And not just made because he needs perfume or he needs to clean his body. No. He is made not because he's trying to gain protection. You know, actually the word smear means to rob. Actually, um, farmers, nomads do that. Shepherds, rather. They do that. They rob their animals of oil in the wilderness so that um, um, destructive pests will not feed on them and they will not die. Or pests will not live on them like a tick. And they die. So they anoint them to protect them. So Christ was not anointed to be protected from the evil in the world. He was anointed because of the problems men are carrying. He came to take away the pains. You know, we went everywhere, Matthew chapter 4, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing those who are epileptics, those who are lunatic, those who have problems. In short. So what am I saying in essence? I'm saying the fact that Christ carried the anointing because the anointing is the only solution to man's problem. But the problem of man is not just the problem. These are just the effects. The consequence, the conditions of the problem. The problem actually is a spiritual problem, which is sin. So he removed it. And that's why we say today that sin is not the problem of anyone. The problem of anyone is unbelief. So there's something more serious than sin. Some believe we don't believe what God has said. Jesus, the Son of God, is argument about it. No, how can it be? But I wonder how you easily believe in your in your, in your club, on your team, and you support it. And to the extent that after a particular uh, match, you see people fighting themselves. Making a bet. That should be our attitude towards Christ. Christ is the Savior of the world. No argument. But check it. The intention of God is that He wants to bring us to a point where we know Christ. True, true, and true. But check it. This cannot happen if all you have gained about Him is what you listen to in the Sunday school, what your pastor said, what you listen to in the neighborhood, what you read in the pamphlet. You have not prayed. Apostle Paul said that what I am preaching to you said it came to me by the apocalypse so it was an opening up so you don't read well the Christ I mean, I mean the scriptures serves as the background to whatever we are going to know about him we can't do anything outside what the Christ they I mean the scripture have revealed about uh, Christ but for us to see the implication of those things and how those things affect our life and how it comes to play and I can turn situation around for us we have got to come to the place where you take a particular portion of the scripture you sit with it to pray it until there is an expression of it in your life like more than four weeks now that I've read Revelation chapter 1 this statement angered in my spirit Revelation 1 5 now unto Christ the ruler of the kings of the earth that was stayed in my spirit he's a ruler not just my savior he didn't save me and travel back to heaven and left me destitute and i'm suffering and, you know going here and there trying to find a way to survive okay but now the one who saved me is not even an escapee he's not a rebel he's not a terrorist he's a king 
he came from another world entirely because of me and delivered me oh that is great so he can influence situations in my favor where can you see the implication now so what do men say that i am is that you some say like yes now what do you say then i felt the hope people went silent the old disciples they couldn't have anything to say i thought that's all there is about you then by revelation peter said no you are christos oh glory be to god may you know christ as christos and if you know him as christos whenever you are sick the next time the doctor tells you and your death is there the next time you meet your friend that is bad thing with an habit you know you carry the christos because you belong to him to cause a solution he said you are christos so they're anointed the son of god now the word son of god is not the baby of god i've told you that over time the word son means uh, a child of and, and, and it means of uh, one who carries the traits and uh, which i have uh, uh, the exact word it means one who has the dna who has the component that my simple way of explaining is the word the incarnate the offspring of god hmm. glory be to god forever you are christos do you know him as christos if you know him as christos when there is a problem you won't be running to within the neighborhood first looking for a solution you will pray first you first seek the christos even before you seek the doctor there's a particular king in israel i think second king also um that was so sick is he i've forgotten the name i don't think it's a, it was there he was so sick and instead of him to seek the god of israel he went to seek the assyrians and as he was coming back god sent his the prophet to him and through his messenger to tell him that why would you have gone to seek for healing outside this country because of that you are going to die in this illness most of the problems that have destroyed a lot of believers today they are not actually put uh, uh they are not actually powerful to the point that it can claim their, claim their life like jesus christ said of lazarus this sickness is not unto death should not have killed lazarus if lazarus have connected to who crisis it was jesus that loved lazarus lazarus did not love jesus Maybe that's my own interpretation of things. Well, Christ, Christ will not lie. He wasn't a teaser. I said, this sickness is not unto death. If Lazarus is wise enough and he can connect into the supernatural and, and connect to the resources of heaven, we see that this sickness is just the tie of the devil. He should not die. You know that was if Christ had not showed up, Lazarus would die, he would have been buried. But it was no ghost counsel for him to die. So you know that was people can die when it's not their time. And the death came and um, overpowered their spirit because they are weak in the spirit. That malaria should not kill you, that fever should not kill you, that tuberculosis should not kill you. If you can stand your ground and stalk your leg in the provisions and the finished works of Christ. So when we come to court, talk about the knowing of Christ, we're talking about what he had done for you. That's why your knowledge grows. You know, I like what one of my um, one senior minister, I can call him a father in the Lord, I said, Brother Shego, knowing guy said, he said, Quoting E.W. Kenya, of course, he said, There are three things, there are three people that saw what happened on the cross. The devil saw it, man saw it, and God saw it. Okay? So, what men saw is what are those things that are written in the first synoptic gospels. These are disciples who saw the event. So, they wrote the event. And from the event, they are, they, they are able to come to a conclusion Jesus is the Son of God. And it's what the devil saw that if we not relate to anybody, we hold back because he knows that if he he related he is just talking or telling man about their victory so we hide it he's a liar so he won't reveal it so the other person that can show us what actually happened 
aside from the perspective of man is God and he does that by revelation that, that was what he gave to Paul so God gave us the version of what happened behind the scene and also gave us what happened outside the scene or, or that is obvious to the eyes so when you pick what is obvious to the eyes to what revelation God showed to us you are going to have an edge in every area of your life you are going to start on the start point where the devil perpetually remain on, under your foot so, and that's God's goal Apostle Paul said the God of our Lord Jesus Christ will smite the devil under your feet the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death like I was teaching Jesus will not be checked out of rulership by death rather his rulership is meant to check out death glory be to God forevermore so what do you say I am you, say, you are the Christ the son of God the incarnate of God you are God in the flesh you are Jehovah Jireh in the flesh you are El Shaddai in the flesh you are you are Yahweh in the flesh you are um you know all of those revelations uh, Jehovah Mekadeshkem Jehovah Skidenu Jehovah Osenu you are all of those in the flesh you are God that appeared in the flesh and Jesus Christ told us something striking he said flesh and blood have not revealed this to you that this this did not come from your it did come from your instinct it didn't come from your conception it didn't come from your perception it didn't come from what you've heard it didn't come from what you heard in the synagogue it came by apocalypse and apocalypse means the opening up of to unravel to unsack to to see the content that is in, in a package or in a container he said you have just people into eternity and from there, I kept on re- revealing to you that nobody can know Christ except by pistols revelation. And pistols don't come because you wished it. It comes when you stay in the spirit. And you know you can stay in the spirit and you mind something else. When you stay in the spirit, but you mind that which is of Christ and you seek to know him. God's greatest objective, God's greatest goal is that we will seek Christ and we know him hallelujah okay and you know the beautiful thing about that Matthew chapter 16 after Peter said that the story did not die there Christ said if you walk in this revelation you will have a key that is the revelation of who Jesus Christ is is a key in your hands it can open any door I mark my words any door he said on this rock now what is that rock well you know, uh, a Bible expositor said that that rock is uh, the gate of hell. That where they were doing that discussion according to theological submission or historical analysis is that they were on a rock that is called the rock of uh, God, the gate of hell and death. Well, but what by the grace of God, I seems what Christ was saying, what it, what occurs to me, what I perceive Christ was saying is that. This inside, this revelation, because he told us that this thing you mentioned is a revelation. And he said, this revelation becomes a rock. And on this rock, what is a rock? And you know, the word rock is not just a word that is used. You know, oftentimes the, the scripture I've used the word uh, is the rock of our salvation. And I've asked over time why the rock is a metaphoric of a metaphoric uh, statement of something, of the unchangeability of God, that is the mutability of God, of the strength of God. Of how it can't be removed, it can't lose its ground. That's why I use the rock of it remains forever. It's a way of saying it's everlasting or it's unchangeable. So whenever you hear that word, that's what the scripture is saying. So it's on this unchangeable truth, 
on this everlasting revelation so it remains relevant so christ is who he is now look at apostle paul was writing in hebrews chapter 12 he said remember he said, remember the ends of your teaching of the gospel he said uh, pay attention to those who teach you the gospel and remember the end of their conversation that is the end of the teaching of christ is that christ is the same yesterday today and forevermore you know people think that uh, that portion of the scripture is talking about the father ah, jesus christ cannot you know that's that's part of it but that's not the whole truth the whole truth is that i said look at what you have received that is mm, the apostle was talking about the tendency that if cake is not taken, if you don't know what you have received certain people will come and deceive you and take away that which you've had like in the parable of jesus christ he says some people hear the word and because they do not understand the devil come and take away that which you've had say look lay hold and i mean grabs take a, a, a grabs off and please do have a crystal clear understanding of what is handed over to you and the end result you know that this message remains forever because the jesus that we taught in the gospel is the same yesterday today and forever man he said look check those who are teaching the gospel there must not be a modification every now and then or a kind of upgrade you know in the world we upgrade our system we upgrade our phone you upgrade your automobiles you know every year there is a new invention and there's an upgrade See, there's no upgrade of jesus you can update your knowledge of him but there's no upgrade of him there's only one version of jesus it is jesus the christ the king and the savior the christ that death cannot stop his reign or his rulership but he will stop death apostle said the last enemy that shall be root out is death he said he shall reign unto you glory be to god forevermore then said on this rock i will build my church then the gate now the word church is not a building it's not saying that hey whenever you want to build your church build it on, on mount everest or on ulumorok or whatever mountain or or whatever uh, ill you know it's on this rock now what he calls a rock is the revelation is is the is, is the revelation of who he is that is the christ it's on this rock i will build my church now the word church there is not a person it's the word ecclesia and it's not a single word it means the group of people called out by god people who are saved and what the apostle will use when they use the word church is the word called you are called unto the lord you are church you are ecclesia people who are brought to the lord are we are on this revelation on this basis are we cause the church to operate in any community hallelujah you know in a certain scriptures jesus christ gave his disciples i think luke chapter 9 gave his disciples uh what's it called yes luke chapter 10 now not 9 in Luke chapter 9, verse 1, Christ called his disciples and gave them power and authority over the devils and asked them to go and preach, send them to where he himself would go. And chapter 10, they came back rejoicing. Then they said, Demons are subject to us in your name. Okay? So the name of Jesus Christ made the devil to, to subject, to be subject to you. He said, On this world, I will build my church. That is those ones that I have called out, I will build their faith, I will build their confidence on the revelation of who I am. So if you have been battling with an issue in your life, you have been battling it because of one thing. Because you don't know what Jesus Christ is. There is a pistol that gives you victory. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even your pistols, your faith. 
actually pistus means belief pistus means faith your faith overcomes and check it it's not that it overcomes it is already a victory that is god said before you fight the battle we know we won this hallelujah on this drug i will build my church i will build those who have called out and the gate of it cannot prevail over them then he says then i will give you keys So authority comes by your understanding of the revelation of Jesus. So back to the opening scripture, John chapter 20. Thomas said, no, I will not believe except I see him. Other Christ will come to scold him and tell us what faith is. He said, faith is seen the invincible. We've seen that what right, the Christ did for you, what you believe. Now check this. Faith is not seen that you will go to America before you go to America. Well, it's an element in God's dealing with us that whatever we give to us, it makes us to see it. When we're talking about faith in the Son of God, it is something differently. Faith in the Son of God is believing that Jesus Christ is who the closest is, is to you. Now, you know, I like the way Apostle Peter explained it. He said, if you are believing in him whom you have not seen, and you rejoice with joy inexpressible. So, faith is believing in Christ we have not seen. I was not there when he was killed. I was not there when he fed the hungry multitude. I was not there when he had issues with him. Pharisees. I was not there when they accused him before the priest. I was not there when he was taken to Herod. I was not there when he was taken to the cross. I was not there when the cutting of the temple done. I was not a high. I was not an high witness. I was only told. So my faith that I believe those messages, and in believing that I have hope of eternal life. In believe them, I have I have access to supernatural. In believe them, I'm justified by faith. In believe them, I have, I have peace with God. In believe them, I have access to grace. In believe them, I have a hope of the future. Okay, so that is faith. So faith is not just a, I'm believing God for repayment of my school fees and it's coming. Yes, I believe that payment of my school fees will come because I believe the basic thing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And if He's the Son of God, is the King of the, is the King of the rulers of the earth. So He he reigns over finances. He reigns over everything: finances, commerce, business, politics. You know, foreign exchange, whatever. So He can cause situation to bring about that which I put in my heart. You know. As a matter of Christ, as a matter of fact, rather, Christ did not ask us to have faith or have faith. All he asked us to do is to pray and believe. I don't, I don't know where God faith to receive him from. That's not in my own Bible. And because I've read the scripture by context. He was saying this, not your faith has made you, what was he talking about? That is very simple. He's talking about the fact that they are believing that he can, you see that each time, at least in a few cases we see that when people come say do you believe that i can do this so when they are fit me they will say that they believe that he can do that that is they are convinced not that they believe that hey this thing will come they are not believing in the thing we believe in a being we believe in the power of god you hear because you don't have uh you, you do not know the scripture and the power of god so in faith we believe in the power of god and what he did for us you are not believing that things will come you are believing in him that owes all things and controls all things by the power of his mind. And in believing in him, he makes his power to work for people. That's what faith is. He's not believing in anything. He's believing in a being. He's believing in the almighty God. Alright. And when you have the right perspective, you're not even teaching faith, you're teaching about what Jesus is. When you have the right perspective of what Christ is, check it. Dear friend, there is a king in your heart. Oh, Galaba, Shaki, Hada, Sute, Malaba. Oh, glory be to God. So I have a key in my hand by the revelation. So why is the scripture, and I mean God, is bent 
on our knowledge of the Son of God. Maybe I'll show two more scriptures. Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 2. I mean chapter 3 rather. And Ephesians chapter, chapter 4. Why is the scripture paint on the necessity of, a knowledge, of your knowledge in Christ? Because Christ himself told us that. When you know that I am Christos, the incarnate of Jehovah, of Yahweh. So that becomes a key that unlocks it up. The same key that brought down the, the head of Goliath. David to Goliath. Say, Goliath, you come to me with spear, with javelin and sword. Say, but today I will prove to you that a man does not win the battle of his life by the gadget and the ammunition he has. He wins it because the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and is saved. He said, I will show to you that the coming to face a, 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 a situation, confronting issues in the name of Jesus, by the understanding of who he is, will bring that down that problem. And really, what was the result? The head of Goliath was chopped off. How? By the, by the catapult, or I mean the sting of, of David, you know, by the name of God. So what do you know? It's my prayer that God will give us a deeper revelation of who he is. Glory be to God forevermore. Alright, that being said, Thomas said, I will not believe until I see. How I wish we have people who are obstinate to come to say, Father, I believe this written word, the Lord. I pray for your face and the spirit. And that does not to contradict what I said from the beginning that the scripture was written so that you will not demand, okay? Another experience. Okay, okay Jesus, if you want to believe you, come and turn this water in my house to, to a wine I want to drink. Or if you can turn it to a wine, then I would believe. Like some will say, ah, if you know you are the Son of God, ah, if you know you are powerful God, as I said. <laughs> Turn the situation around for me and I will serve you. God is not, is not, is not a babajiabu. Hmm? All that he needs to show you to believe in him has been, and be, and be, have been shown. Like the case of the Lazarus and, and the rich man. That rich man said, Ah, God, please send men to the earth and tell my brother so that they can believe and do good to people so that they will not come here. And God said, Keep quiet. They have the prophet. Moses is there. If they cannot believe Moses, they will not believe somebody from the grave. So if you cannot believe the scriptures, even if today there is supernatural or spectacular, not even supernatural, spectacular, unusual sign, you will not still believe. So everything that God will do in your life has been provided for you in the scriptures first. So if you don't believe the scriptures, boy, forget it. Forget it. There is no, there is no point. There is no point. I'm telling you, there is no point. I know God will, will respond to our request. And let me tell you this. Whatever God will do in your life, you do by your own body. I mean, by your own desire, rather. He won't do anything in your life before, without giving you a vision for it. Without giving you a burden for it first. <laughs> Hallelujah. They have the prophet. If they will listen to the prophet, then, well, whatever correction they hope to, to get, they will get it. Except I shall see his hands, I said, except I shall see in his hand the print of the nail, this um, Thomas talking, and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into the side, I will not believe. Now, Christ wants to explain what believing is. He said, Look, believing is not seen. Believing is seeing it before you do. Maybe I will show you first Peter chapter 1. But the Lord began to impress upon me that we should have this attitude in our work with God. That God, I will never let you go until I experience this. And let me tell you this. The beautiful thing about the gospel is that it is the presentation of what God had done, not what God will do. 
But for us to convert this thing to our experience, we have got to stay in the closet. That's when the glory of God rests upon that and gives substance to what we are saying. Colossians chapter 2 or chapter 3. The Bible says that Christ is the substance of all things. Chapter 3 of course. To substantiate these provisions, you have got to stay in the place of prayer. You have got to enter that terrain of the spirit where there is a delivery of this package. Second Peter chapter 1. Grace and truth be multiplied to you through your knowledge of the Son of God, the prophets of the scripture. Of course, please permit me. According to his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life through the according to his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through whom also he has given us exceeding and great promises. I want to recollect, please. That by this we may be partaker of the nature of the divine nature of the nature of the father now check that scripture maybe we are going to see it i'm quoting this because i want to preach the time it said that he had given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness wherein he had given us a certain grace and promises that we may be partake now he gave you the promises like a blank check and the only way we can convert them is that he gave us promises that by the promises, that the promises is the revelation of the of the will of God, the blueprint of God, the, the, the unraveling of what God wants to do. I said, when you know all of these things, you have got to come to 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 to, to break into their reality. If that will permit me, I want us to see the scripture. But my faith is that if we go to that scripture, we'll stay there. Verse 26, John chapter 20, verse 26. And after eight days, again the disciples were within, and Thomas was there, then came jesus the door being shut stood in the midst and and said peace be unto you you see god we on we always honor your desire to know him there must be an hunger god I, you know this was 19 yeah covid 19 that is 2019 or so or late 2018 stroke 2019 there was this hunger on the inside of me i just want to know jesus man. it just occurred to me i know nothing you can quote scriptures and your knowledge is, is shallow then I began to pray for insight and revelation. And even now, I'm still praying. The Lord opened my eyes. That's by revelation. I will come to know. Because when I know the scriptures that it becomes a key in my heart. So when I come to preach Jesus, the healer, I will not just talk it and there's no proof. I'll be able to, 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 to bring you into the experience of, of healings. That's what it's meant to know when I come to preach the over of or Jesus, the provider, at that extent, there's going to be the meeting of your needs. That's what, that's what it means to know. They are going to open a dimension of people and make them have a taste of it. That's what it means. And that's my intention. That's my creed. That's my cry. Then eight days. Maybe for those eight days, two months I've been thinking and praying and studying and saying, Lord, you reveal yourself to the ten. Ah, I'm the eleventh. Oh, reveal yourself to me. And one day they were together and Jesus Christ came and said, Peace be to you. We presented himself. And the first person he addressed was not everybody. You know, if you don't have a mind for it, if you cannot see it, you cannot have it. But if you can see it, you will have it. And everything the Lord will begin to give to you and we give to you in your lifetime we begin from the point where it begins to show you and begin to make you to believe it 
And that's why Hebrews 11, 6 said, without faith it is impossible to peace with God. Why? Because God cannot even deal with it. Of the whole ten of them, or if they are more than, he only addressed them once. Although we correct Thomas's theology, you have done what is wrong. In faith in me, as you go and start teaching people about me, now I will not need to appear to them again. But I just want to do this because I want to, to teach people that, okay, they have got to be obstinate in personal revelation. We preach the gospel to you, but you have got to be like the Berean guys. You go and find out that they are true. You have got to pray that there will be a declaration of what you've heard. 27, then said he to Thomas, reach either thy finger. That is my Lord. A first-hand experience. So when Thomas went to India to preach, he would not just tell them about Jesus Christ, that somebody told him resurrected. He knew him. He ate with him. He was his disciples for the, for the space of two and a half years or more than And that resurrection, he was not just going to be preaching resurrection. He's going to say that, look, guy, he resurrected. Oh, I touched him. The same thing Apostle Paul did in First Corinthians chapter 15. He said, talking about resurrection, that Jesus Christ appeared to so many people. He appeared to 500 men at the time. He appeared to Cephas. He appeared to James. And he said, of course, I also saw him. That will be the experience of Thomas also. I saw him too. In fact, I touched the holes of his hands. Say, so reach forth thy finger and behold my hands and reach either thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless and, but believe now. Check that. It's quoted. You say, that is faithlessness. What is faithlessness? Faithlessness is demanding to see giving God ultimatum. If you don't do it by Thursday, then I will not believe you again. If you know you are God and you know you are powerful as we heard, if you don't do this thing by Wednesday, Faith is not giving God ultimatum. That's business. Faith is believing the power of God, even though there is no obvious sign that that power is breaking loose. It's knowing that that terminal business, that, that, that terminal disease cannot kill you because the word of God says that by his trap you are healed. And this prominent father in the Lord said there was a particular time he had to close. He had known the, the Lord. And the time the problem got so critical, he started vomiting blood. They say one day pick up his Bible and say, Father, prove the reality of your power as the healer in my life. That was the last day. Tuberculosis raises his ugly head. And let me say this. It's one of the instructions the Lord we have to say. Until you are desperate enough to change the circumstances in your life and use your authority as a believer, that problem continues. It is when you became just desperate and, and, and you know, Desperate, definite, and determined to have the situation shifted or changed or stopped, that God begins to give you an idea and a picture of what He wants to be the new order in your life. It's back those words. Thomas was bent on having a first hand experience of the resurrection. That I may know him and the resurrection, the fellowship of the resurrection, Paul prayed. A first hand encounter. May this be your hunger. I want to run off. Let me show you other scriptures like I now this is what I want to pick. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus Christ said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. Christ divined, defined faith of believing. It is believing without seeing. Blessed are they who have not seen and yet believe. So faith is saying that Christ died for you. Walking in the consciousness, acting it, talking it. Maybe two or three weeks ago, I taught in church the four levels of it. Believing it, I'm hearing it first because it has to come by hearing. 
believing what you've heard, saying what you want, saying your reality, saying the reality of Christ, calling forth the finished works of Christ as though it is done. Even God will call those things which are not as though they are. Then acting accordingly. That's how we produce the reality of the scriptures in, the, in our life. Then where I'm going, what actually made me to refer to the scripture is verse 30. Many other signs truly Jesus did in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the Christos, the Son of God. So there are a lot of things to believe. One is the Christos, two is the Son of God. And that in believing you might have life and through his name. This is what John wrote here. Well, in First John chapter 1 verse 5, he gave us another thing to believe about Jesus Christ. is the king and the rulers of the kings of the earth. In John chapter 6, after Christ had taught the need for the people to partake of his body, to eat of his body and drink of his flesh. And then some of the disciples withdrew. Then he asked the twelve, he said, do you want to go? Then Peter also spoke there. He said, ah, we have come to know that you are the Christos. Now check what we have come to know. By experience, we have touched this reality. Then he said, as a result, we have come that there is no other source of life, other source of energy, other source of healing, other source of living but you. So we have come to feed on. He said, to whom shall we go again? Because we'll find the rising. And this Peter that was talking to people like this, sometime, once upon a time, he knew it not a jack about Christ. It was his brother Andrew that came to, to call him. John chapter 1. We have seen the Christ. We have found the Christ who is the Messiah. They brought him to know Christ. And he that seems to be brought to know Christ seems to know much more than the person who brought him. See, it does not matter whether you've been in church for 30 years. Somebody can come to Christ today and the next month he devoted himself to praying and fasting for revelation and he encountered revelation and, and they will come to reveal a Christ you've not known in 30 years. So it's not how long you've been there. It's how desperate and how determined you are to know him. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Being conformed to his death. Conformity to him. Okay, let's let's leave that. Um, there are other more scriptures I would have shown you, but I've got to close. I would have shown you Matthew chapter eleven, where Christ said that, "Look, no one knows the Father except the Son, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and to whom is revealed." So one of the things you have got to long for is the revelation of the Son of God. And let me show you that Matthew chapter eleven. Hallelujah. We know God by revelation. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Verse 25 to 30 also. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and have reviewed them unto babes, even so, Father, so it seems good in the sight. All things are delivered unto me of my father, and no one knoweth the son, but the father neither knoweth any man. The father saved the son, and he to whomsoever the son will reveal him. 28. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Check that. So by the revelation of the son of God, you are rest. And this thing does not just happen, it happened by apocalypse, the opening up. Why apocalypse? Because Christ is the mysterion, is hidden truth, the hidden treasure, the hidden, you know, you know, 
the manner of God that people are still asking, What is this? What is this? Like I was saying, it was not only the disciple Christ asked, Who do men say that I am? He even asked the Pharisees, What it? What think ye of Christ? David said in his psalm, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I make the enemy their footstool. Then he said, If David calls him Lord, whom son are ye? Then would you now say that he is? In other words, Christ said, Look, I am not just a preacher or a prophet like you call me. I am the Lord of Lords. So there was a dimension of Christ the disciples knew before the death. And there was a dimension they knew after the resurrection. And that was why Apostle Paul was careful to tell us that one of the things God wants us to know is to know the greatness of his power according to the power that resurrected him from the, from the, from the dead. In other words, there's a dimension of power after resurrection that Christ came into. So, you know, the, the, the body he lived in was just a constraint or a restraint to all of what he carried. And one day he had to, to manifest it in Matthew chapter 17. He was transfigured. So the body is just a, a disguise of who he really was. But when he stepped out of his body, there was a dimension. And Christ said that what we have come to experience now, what we should experience or we should walk in, is the same power that walked in Christ after the resurrection, not even before resurrection. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. That was what I said. Not learn from me. Learn of me. Learn about me. Come to know me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest for your soul. Check that. Rest for your soul again. For my yoke is easy and my body is light. Okay, let's leave that. Um, let me show you. Um, Ephesians chapter 1. I'll just read from verse 17 alone. Just to emphasize God's premium on knowing Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. What is that talk about? You need the Holy Spirit to know the Father. So this knowledge is not something intellectual. It's something spiritual. And you must receive revelation to do that. Okay, let's leave that. I don't want to approach that. Chapter 3. No, chapter 4. Chapter 4. Let's go to chapter 4. Verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the works of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. God. So one of the reasons why you go to church is to know Jesus. So miracle, healing, blessings, favor, and all of those, they are good things. We need them. They are the elements and the components to receive in grace. But amongst all of this, we should know him that gives it, except we are not in faith. And it's a cause for us to be seeking the creature more than the creator. He gave you men as gifts. And he anointed them for you so that you can come to know. Now, how do we know? That's very important. How do we know the Son of God? We know him by revelation. And before I show you any scripture more, I want to show you what Apostle Paul wrote by himself in Galatians chapter 1. 
this thing will not come in a conference it will come by revelation by sitting with the word of god galatians chapter 1 from verse 11 to 12. or let's read from 11 to 15. hallelujah but i certify you brethren that the gospel which was preached to me is not after man that is not what people taught me it's not what i was told for neither receive it of man neither was i taught it but by revelation of jesus you got that so it was not just apostle john that got that revelation paul said i got it by revelation i was not taught it so there are some things we know look how john rounded off his, his account he said there are some other things that we are done, but are not included in this account. But these are included just to make you see that Christ is the Christus and is the Son of God. So, who will unravel to us that aspect of Christ that is not even documented? And even Jesus Christ, according to the St. John Gospel, said, Look, when they, he said, I have so much things to say, but you cannot have them now. But when the Holy Ghost comes, He will take things of man and reveal them to you. So if you don't have the Holy Ghost, then who would reveal those things in Christ to you that are not even captured in scriptures? The synoptic gospel you've been reading for, for 30 years. Shouldn't you know that there's a need for you to cry for revelation, for, for an opening up of ways? We have come to fellowship with the living one, with our Savior, and we must know him. Yes, the answer is prayer, but if that is all you know, your knowledge is still shallow. You must come into experiential knowledge. Experiential knowledge of him. In the knowledge of him, that the eyes of understanding being enlightened, your eyes has to be popped open. Paul said, Everything I have taught is not by man. It was not just that I went to Jerusalem and I was in, in believers' class for three years or three months, and Paul was teaching me. I mean, I mean, James, John, and, and Peter were teaching me who Jesus Christ was. And this guy that was talking should even be the one that wants to hear from those who go sat with Christ. Because he was not there, he happened not to be one of the disciples. But he said, I have found a place where to know Christ. He said, It comes by revelation. The more reason why he had audacity in John in first Corinthians chapter 15 to talk about the resurrection. And he mentioned cases in which Christ appeared to his disciples. Then he said, After that, he appeared to me also. What can you see about this gospel that you will personalize that i have a first-hand experience first john chapter verse one that which was from the beginning which we have seen which we've had concerning the word of life can you see that he said we've heard it we've seen it and we undo we experience it first time and it's not just talking about the father they walk with christ on earth by saying and revelation 1 1 the revelation of jesus which he gave to John to show his servants. So there is a need for us to know certain things. So he gave them to show us. I neither received the strength of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 13, For ye have heard of the conversation, of my conversation in time past in the Jewish religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and vested it. And what profited it, sorry, am profited in the Jews religion above many my equals in my own nation being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of the father but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb 
and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I may preach him among the Eden immediately I confirm not with flesh and blood then I went up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days okay let's see that what I really want to alight from this scripture was Paul said he gave me the revelation of his son so that he can reveal his son in me. So the amount of Christ we can show, we can demonstrate, is determined by the revelation we have access to. And how did Paul came across this revelation? He said, I withdrew you into the desert of Arabia and I was there for the space of three years. And also he devoted another 15 years to another thing. Then after 15 years, the guy had got revelation. So if you are just write this down, there is no revelation without a retreat. Without isolating. Staying back to seek the spirit. And this is very necessary if our ministry is going to be effective. If you are going to have power enough to turn people to God. You know Christ said, do not dare preach about not until you are in deal with power from night. Because when the power comes, you have the boldness, not just the boldness. You have the revelation. You have the understanding of the scripture. Now, Galatians chapter 2 verse 1. Then 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem. So the first three years he hid himself, was in the desert of Arabia. And then the revelation came, boom. Then 30 years again to Jerusalem. Nobody was teaching him. He was receiving the direct teaching from him. Just like Cornelius had an encounter with an angel and the angel told him about Christ and how he needs to go to Joppa and send for Peter. You can have angelic encounters. Do not depend on that. Start from reading the scriptures, okay? At least start from that. And if it pleases God to give you a revelation by an opening vision, or a closed vision, or whatever it chooses, however it chooses, or whatever it chooses to give to you, find and go, but don't seek it. Stay with the scriptures. The scripture has given us the revelation. Look at what he said in, in, in Ephesians chapter 2. He said, If you have read concerning my revelation, you would have heard about the dispensation of the grace of God that was bestowed unto me, that was Paul talking, that by revelation he made known to me. So, this revelation he captured, he had handed them over to us. So, when we sit with them and pray them, they become fresh as though we are the one who received it first class. That was why John said, we have written this so that you can come into what we stepped into. So if you have not seen Jesus Christ before in your life, you can sit with the scriptures and pray the scriptures to be your experience such that whenever you, you, you speak it, they know that you encountered him. The revelation of the Son of God. Now check this. Then 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem, chapter 2 now, Galatians chapter 2 now, from verse 1, with Barnabas and took titles with me also. Now, verse 2 is what is very interesting. It said, I went up by revelation. He didn't go there to do seminar or to do a talk. I went there by apocalypses and communicated unto them that gospel which I preached. Now, let me say this. The revelation of God is unraveled and God is known where the gospel is preached. 
do not undermine listening to messages listen to anointed preachers as you listen to them they birth in you or do they, they ignite fire in you that will create an hunger insatiable hunger of course on this side of you to seek it there are meetings we attain and for months the impact is still on you in that it creates an hunger a desire for prayers and as you pray you begin to have an uncovering of things you never knew that are available for you before like what do you think would happen to people that sat under the ministry of Paul as he came to them by revelation in Jerusalem? Can you imagine? The reason why we are fruitless, we are ineffective, and our ministry is not bringing men to God is because we do not have any revelation. Oh, Rabak is satire. We are going to pray for an, for, for, for an unraveling of the Son of God and the glory he carries. But let me show you the last scriptures. Hallelujah. Now, you know, when you read the synoptic gospel, you think that the apostle had known Jesus Christ all through. That is John. But when we turn to Revelation, he had another encounter that blew him off. He saw a Jesus he had never known. And when you come to know this season, the Christ you've never seen in your life, when you come to see a dimension you have never stepped into, that will be a key in your hand to put a stop to that harassment you know that what but this is another side of the authority of of the believers the revelation of the son of god david confronted goliath because he knew the father the apostles can confront the saindris the high priest and all those who were um, um in opposition to the message of the gospel okay because they knew this Jesus. In fact, the scripture told us that when they observed them, they saw that they were not educated. But one thing they observed, they had been with Christ. So there is that virtue that flows out of us as a result of our acquaintance or intimacy. And let me tell you this. You will only do little if you don't have intimacy. And there's no intimacy without closeness, without prayers. That God will put in us a desire to pray. You will breathe upon us the spirit of prayer and supplication. That we will pray until we begin to touch the substance of the spirit. Let me leave the account of Peter. Now, on Revelation chapter 1 from verse 1, we want to see another side of Jesus. The revelation of Jesus. Now, the word revelation there means the apocalypse, the unraveling of Jesus. And really, when you read this whole account of revelation, actually. The focus is to show things that was then, letters to the seven churches, things, uh, things that was, things that had happened before the foundation of the earth, like we saw. Uh, can I make a reference? Dear Holy Spirit, please help me. Please help me. Like the, the tree of life, we saw the tree of life in Revelation, we saw the water of life they had been before. Then we saw, ah, Lord Jesus, help me. We saw the throne of God. We saw the 24 elders. We have never seen any other revelation of the scripture. Daniel did not capture the 24 elders. Ezekiel did not capture the 24 elders. elders. They captured the living creature. So things that was that we don't know, revelation brings to pass. Things that was, things that is, that was then, I mean, that is happening then. The revelation captures it. For instance, letter to the seven churches and the conditions they were going through. And the things that will come in future. And you know, the whole revelation was a plot progressive in seven seal, 
seven trumpets and seven bull of rods. There were 21 things that happened. There were the seven seal Jesus Christ broke from Revelation chapter 5. And that was another revelation of who Jesus Christ was. Then after the seven seal, there were the seven trumpets that made way for the seven rods, uh, for the rods of God during the great tribulation. And then there were seven, seven bulls of rods. 21 things. That the seal of God, the seal of Christ opened up. No, the revelation actually begins in Revelation chapter 5. When Christ began to unravel seals. So it was about Jesus' power to open, to make us to see the future. That's one of the keys. When I know Christ, I know the future. Oh, glory to God. I know the fate of the unbeliever. And the, the, the consequence of that is that it gives me a passion, a desire to have them saved. So that they can escape the punishment and the wrath that is coming time to come. The opening up of Christ. And that's why we are going to pray that God. There will be an opening up of Christ. Which God gave him. That which God allowed him to show his servants. Things that must shortly come to pass, and a saint and signify it by, by his angel to his servant John. Now let's go to chapter, chapter, chapter uh, verse five, rather. And from Jesus Christ, this message came from Jesus. That's verse five. Who is the faithful witness? That is, we can trust what he's telling us. And the first begotten of the dead. That is, he was the first person to rise from the dead. And by that statement, it's not saying that he was the first person to come out of the dead. No. You will say that it's the first thing that we come out from the dead and we not die again. Death would have no, no power over him again. Lazarus was raised from the dead, he died again. Elijah raised the, the child of, the, of that woman from the dead, he died again. There were cases of people coming out from the dead. Even in the prophets. But they died again. But Christ is the first from the dead that will live forever. Then the last statement, which actually is an anchor in my spirit, said, and the prince of the kingdom. Let me read it again so that we can read it contest. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from, his, from, from our sins in his own blood. And six took out what he made you, and has made us king and priests unto God. And his father to him be glory and dominion. Check the word dominion authority forever. So we are in the place of authority. We already come to the cloud. Let's leave that. Now, verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega. This is the unraveling of Jesus. The beginning and the ending. Maybe some other time we find time to explain all of this. See it, which is, which was, which is to come, the Almighty. Now, never you forget that who he called the Almighty here. This thing we read now, they are the statement Jesus Christ made himself. Now, verse 5 again. I'm from Jesus. That this message is from Jesus. And he said, I am the half and the omega. Jesus Christ said, He's that the half and the omega. He's the beginning, he's the ending. Says the Lord. No, he told them, He said, What does Moses, um, David said about him when he calls him Lord? So he said, I am the Lord. And the word Lord means the whole now of things, the creator. Then he said, He is, He was, He will come, and He is the Almighty. These are not appellations, this is what. Or these are the descriptive unraveling of ways. But that was not all there is.
Aleluia. Em verso 11, Jesus Cristo also, Jesus Christ also, also repeated. He said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. This was not God that was talking. Never you forget that it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. In John chapter 7, 17 rather, Jesus Christ said, Father, glorify with the glory which I have with you. So Jesus had a glory. So this is the unraveling of that glory. The full extent of his nature. That John had a glimpse of on the month of transformation. Thank God he was there also. In first Peter, second Peter, of course, chapter one, Apostle said we are with him on that mountain when the majesty. So they saw the majesty. But here is another dimension they never, they, they've never picked to. So there is more to Christ that you have known. May you be hungry to know some more. Hallelujah. Now verse 13. Now let's see the, the, the countenance, the physical structure of Jesus. If you have not seen Jesus Christ before, come and see him here. You want to know whether he's an Oyibu or he's a black person, come and see him here. This is the picture of Jesus. I wish a painter would read this portion and do a, a poster of, of this picture for us. Although it's going to be very different from what some people have given us to be what they saw in, in their encounters. But of course we have the basis of trying to describe pictorially what pictorially what John have seen here to give us a glimpse of who he is and maybe I'll get a painter who has the spirit of God to 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 to, to decipher this piece pictorially verse 13 no verse 12 and I turned to see the voice that spoke with me and being turned I saw seven golden candlesticks and in the midst of the seven candlesticks one like Unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet. Now, who was in all of this? Some, somewhere like the Son of Man, Jesus Christ. So, when he was making those statements, I'm the Alpha, I'm the Omega, I'm the Prince of the Kings of the Earth, I'm he that was, that is, that is to come, I'm the Almighty. He was not referring to Jehovah on the throne. He was talking about himself. Because he's God. I saw one like the son of man clothed with a garment down to the to the foot and girt about the parapet with a golden girdle. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and as and and his eyes were as a flame of fire. This is how Jesus revealed himself to John. How was his hair like? It was white as wool. Jesus in glory has a white hair. And it's not Baba Rubo. It's not an old man. Of course, an ancient of days. But he's not having white hair because he had been there for long. <laughs> Hallelujah. His head and his hair. His head and his hair were like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as flame of fire. And his feet under fire and brass. As if they burnt in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun's shining in his strength. Now, what is that two edged sword? Is a weapon. He had a weapon with him. His world is, is, is cutting in his mouth went forth so if god puts his word in my mouth it should be a, 
a weapon that cuts in pieces the work of that, that cuts in pieces idolatry, that cuts in pieces immorality. Hallelujah. And his countenance was the sun shining in his strength. So you won't even be able to look at him. If it's a sun, nobody can look at the sun, at the sun rather. So John said, what I saw here, well, you can't even fathom it. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Can you see that? And he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Unto me fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and hate. Write the things which thou have seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars, which thou sweat in my right hand, and the seven golden lamps, candlestick the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlestick which thou says are the seven churches now the jesus you've not seen before the jesus you don't know before this guy in the in his synoptic gospel you see him saying that uh, the, 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 the disciple whom christ loved that was how he described himself and i like him. he was a very humble writer that the disciple whom christ loved now says then as it was running up, said, this is that disciple whom Christ loved. And we say, that disciple who leans at the, at the bosom of Christ. This guy was so close. He was one of the closest to Christ. In fact, when there is an issue and nobody can dare ask, he will be the one to ask. There are times the disciples want to ask something, they send John, don't John go and ask. So to the best knowledge, if we want to say who has the closest intimacy with Christ when he was on earth, it was John. And finally, he was also with him on the month of transfiguration where he was changed. But they never knew there's a dimension. When he saw this dimension, he fell down as dead. Boy, stop bragging. You need the spirit of glory to rest upon you. You are going to say, Father, unravel your son to me. This is just an introduction. We are going to be doing a thorough study of who Jesus Christ is. We are going to see him as the internal purpose. We are going to see the eternal purpose of God. We are going to see the promise of God. We are going to see, please permit me, we are going to see we are going to see, um, what is it called? We are going to see the seed of the woman. We are going to see Jesus, who he is. We are going to see how he was before Abraham. We are going to see the love of God. We are going to see the life of God. We are going to see Christ in the prophecy of the scriptures. We are going to see the name of Jesus. And what each of those names point to. We cannot even exhaust the name. Because I have more than a thousand of them. So we can't see them all. All right, you can't see them all. Glory be to God forever. You can't see them all. So, and okay, there are more to see, of course. You can't see them all. We are going to see the new creature, the works of Christ, what He did for us in bringing us to the, what He did for us in bringing us into the presence of the Father, and the work of Christ in the remaking of you, of the human race. In taking away sin in bringing us to the presence of the father and we're going to see the life of the new creature and there we are going to i'm going to be doing a close look at the product of god's love what god's love can make of a man who is evil we're going to see the purpose of the life of god in us and we're going to see places of encounters but for now let's just stop here and say father this season give me a revelation of who you are 
I am praying for an in-depth unraveling of your glory, of your power, more than I've known for years. An unraveling of the Son of God. He gave men as gifts. He gave some pastors, some preachers, some prophets, some evangelists, some um, 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 teachers for the work of the ministry so that I can serve, so that I can serve and for the edifying of the body of Christ so that I can edify people so that I will come to the knowledge of the Son of God. To the unity of faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God. I pray for the knowledge. Let the scripture be open to us. Apostle to know the implication of the works of Christ in our lives. Rababa sinka tukolomo siketele dosha. Eh, rabosa, 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 karudo sendelea. Mimi ma momo sundele kedushki diaga dada damas. 